0: Hey now, I have an exciting announcement to make, and it involves a new partner. I have joined forces with the illustrious crew at Underdog Fantasy Sports. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. Don't have the time to make 43 waiver transactions in season, or you are tired of getting trade offers from the brother-in-law you just can't stand, Underdog Fantasy is perfect for you. This show is geared towards coaches whose lives are the busiest during the NFL season, and that's why Underdog Fantasy is the best. You do the most fun part of fantasy sports, which is the draft, and that's it. No waivers, no trades. And no forgetting to set your lineup. That's because Underdog Fantasy does that for you. They do all the math, and they put the best players that score the most points at each position at the end of the week. With Underdog Fantasy, you don't have to worry about your cousin Bob winning every year because he has no friends and makes 17 transactions per week. None of that stuff. The best part is because you don't have to micromanage your teams, and you can draft at any time. There are literally drafts happening right now. I just did one. You can draft as many teams as you want. And Underdog Fantasy will take care of that while you're in your playoff run in November. And of course, because you can do more drafts, that equals more chances to win that cash. Sign up now with the code VASS, that's V-A-S-S, and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. It's fantastic. The other day, I used the code. Yeah, I used my own code. I put in $100 and they instantly matched that 100 and it's literally playing with house money. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play Store, jump in, and draft a squad today. And not only will you get that bonus cash, I will also send you one of my Glazier courses that I'm putting on CoachTube entitled Saturday to Thursday Night, which covers the entire process of breaking down an opponent, game planning, how we plan our practices throughout the week, to finalizing your call sheet for free. It'll release next month on CoachTube, and when it does... I'll send you a code for free, which is a $40 value. If you like pick'em games, my favorite mode, you can win up to 20 times on your money in one night. You can pick the over or under on your favorite players, between two and five players, or pick from rivals, where you can pit two players against each other. I played the other night and tripled my money after putting a parlay down on Ja Morant and Shy Gilgis Alexander. I hope I said that right. I always get that name wrong. They even have soccer, which if you know me, is my true love. Don't tell anybody I said that. If daily fantasy sports is your thing, they got you covered there too, with live drafts taking place around the clock. Again, I did an NBA draft the other night with two other people. The draft took like five minutes and I cleaned them out. They also have the daily fantasy sports for football and baseball. Remember to use that code V A S S to get that bonus cash that will double your money that you deposit. Plus you get a free CoachTube course. I mean, you can't beat this deal. You get the best fantasy sports experience free money, and a free Coach Tube course. And you help support this podcast. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Make your first deposit using the code VAS and play your favorite fantasy sports mode and make that coin. Welcome to Season 2 of the Run Vass Option Podcast. My name is Chris Vassar, a.k.a. Coach Vass. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we will talk to Suajaro Head Coach Jason Mons. We will talk about the overview of his offense, how he does inside zone, with the blocking rules and his back's read progression, how he designs his pass game off of zone, when he gets into 10 personnel, playing against three safeties, the importance of the inside fade, Getting back in the three step passing game and mesh, along with his auxiliary RPOs, and some other thoughts on staying patient and really taking what the defense gives you. Before we get started, we got some housekeeping. Housekeeping? No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping? Follow me on Twitter at Coach Vass, the show's account at RunVassOption, and the other show at MDGA Podcast. Check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash coach football. During the NFL season, we broke down one game a week, and it was usually the best defensive performance of the week, but we did see some good offense in there, so check that out. Patreon.com slash is the place to find all of the best coaching resources with webinars focusing on offense and defense this season, and the film library, which has every major college offense you could want to watch. We just added Coastal Carolina, going to add some air raid. In huddle, cut up, two angles, just like God intended. Check out my CoachTube courses on linktree.com slash CoachVass. We have Defending the Wing T, developing a third down coverage and pressure package, as well as Defending RPOs on the greatest platform ever created for coaches, CoachTube. CoachVast.com is the website. Check that out. We got some good swag in there. And also make sure, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, check out Underdog Fantasy. Use the code Vast. They'll match your money up to 100 bucks, And you get a free CoachTube course and you help out the podcast. Also stay tuned for a message from Huddle. Make sure you are registered for the Blitz 22 Clinic happening this coming week. Super excited about that. I did four different events for them. Well, one was a pre-event. With my old boss and one of my best friends, Patrick Walsh, head coach at Uniper Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. We talked about cross-training linemen for offense and defense, which, funny enough, I have not seen a lot of stuff on, but it is one of the most important topics. Most high schools in this country have players that go both ways, especially the big guys inside. Even the teams where we had the most kids and we were at our best, we cross-trained our interior guys I also hosted an offensive panel with Kyle McDonald from USC, Brennan Marion from Texas, and Willie Korn from Coastal Carolina, an offensive line panel with Terry Heffernan from Stanford, Jeremiah Washburn from the Philadelphia Eagles, and Scott Wooster from Grand Valley State. And I got the band back together for our defensive panel, Chris King from John Bosco, Kyle Kogan from Benedictine College, Adam Gaylor from the Jenks High School, and I weighed in on uh, some questions even though I was the host. I interjected some of my own thoughts in there every once in a while. If you haven't registered yet, go to huddle.com slash It'll take you right to the registration page. Make sure you do that ASAP because the clinic starts soon. All right, you've waited long enough. We haven't had a show since July. So let's get into it, man. Get into it, man. My guest today is Jason Mons, head coach and offensive coordinator at Swaharao High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. Coach, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Appreciate it, coach. Thanks for having me.
0: So, everybody's that knows you probably asked you this question What's the secret? Ten years, seven state championships, and one runner up. How do you keep that consistency up?
1: Well, I mean, I think you have to uh, you have to have uh, goals and standards and expectations. And, and I think you have to continue to, to raise the bar and, um, and to, to set new challenges. And, you know, we've, we've kind of been lucky enough to where our state association has has helped us along the way with that, where we went from, uh, from four, a to five, a, and we'll be in six a next year. The last three years, we've, we've been in the open division state playoffs playing against, uh, schools with double or triple R, triple R enrollment. So we've had some, uh, some natural challenges thrown our way, but yeah, I think, uh, We've been blessed to have a, a tremendous coaching staff. Um, we've been able to keep our staff together and have continuity there. And uh, we've been blessed, obviously, with some tremendous football players. And I think we've just built a strong culture. And uh, we've got great support from the administration and uh, from our from our parents and booster club. And and uh, yeah, we just have a lot of a, a like-minded people that are competitive, that that um, that love challenges and and uh, and don't mind putting the work in. So it's been a, it's been a pretty special recipe that we've had so far. Well.
0: And you have a great staff as well. We had Jim Camarillo on the podcast uh, maybe twice, and uh, just a just a great group of guys that helps that culture. When you have a great coaching staff, um, so give the listeners a little bit of background to how you got to Swaharo. I'm still, I I believe I'm saying it wrong. I'm I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, so, no, the Saguaro. Is it's, it's that give Give it to me yeah, one time. Saguaro, coach. There you go. Saguaro. I'm going to have to saguaro. say it like that. Okay. There
1: is a, there is a Saguaro the way you're saying it. That's actually in Tucson and it's uh there's an H in there. So ours is with a G and the G is silent, but kind of pronounced like a W. So it's, Hey, listen, if you said it right, you, that, that would be more rare than saying it wrong. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, you know, first off, just to, just a just to, just bounce back just one second. And, and you talked about Jim Cameron, de coordinator and, uh, he's done a phenomenal job and, and, you know, as a guy that's had opportunities to be head coach and, um, has, has stayed. And that's, we talked about that continuity and, and having a great staff, you, you nailed it. He's done a great job and he's got a terrific staff on, on defense of, of, uh, of, guys. And, and we've got a phenomenal offensive staff and I've got, I mean, I've got a staff full of guys, probably four or five guys that, that, uh, that either have been head coaches or, or have had head coaching opportunities, a bunch of guys with coordinating opportunities. And, um, you know, I've been blessed to to have guys that have just been been willing to, to stay at Saguaro and and keep our tradition going. So, um, so thanks for mentioning uh, Jim and, and wanted to give a shout out to rest of those guys, but yeah, just as far as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, it's, I never had any intentions of, of, uh, of coaching football at any level, um, let alone uh, uh, high school football. Um, I grew up around the game. My dad coached college and pro football, had a long career um, was uh, uh, Oklahoma state, Arizona state, UNLV uh, was uh, with Kansas city Chiefs at one point, and then had a long career in the Canadian football league. Um, as a head coach and and uh, in the front office as a as a GM and as a GM, so I grew up around the game, but it just that was just not something I ever saw myself doing. Um, I was going to school at Arizona State as a student, and uh, I, my plan was to to go to chiropractic school. So I was pre med and I was taking all my uh, my chemistries and organic chemistries and biologies and all that stuff. And um, I got involved with working for the city of Scottsdale. Um, I saw an ad in our school paper looking for youth sports coaches, and it, and it paid ten dollars an hour, which back in 1999, 2000 was not, was not a bad hourly wage. And I said, well, that sounds like fun coaching youth sports and making 10 bucks an hour. So I, I got involved working for the city, um, started coaching fourth and fifth grade girls basketball. And then they moved me from there to, to doing flag football. And that turned into helping out with the Pop Warner team with some of the kids that I coached in the flag football. And, um, that turned into, kind of coaching, uh, and running a, a youth football club. And, um, then I got called out of the blue, um, by Saguaro high school, somebody that knew me through, uh, through my time, uh, coaching and helping out with the youth level. Um, had recommended me for their open uh, freshman head coaching job, and so uh, actually the guy that's my assistant head coach uh, now, that's been with me since I took over in 2012. Frank Rubin called me out of the blue. I had no connections to Saguaro High School, and he said, "Hey, we've got an open freshman job. Would you be interested?" And I told him at the time that I didn't think I was qualified um, to coach high school football. And uh, so we'll just come on out, meet our head coach, see what we're all about, let's talk, and and then you know at that point we'll you know if, if we feel like uh, you know it's not a good fit, then we'll you know we'll we'll agree to to part ways and. I showed up and uh, I've never left. I just, I, I got the coaching bug. I coached freshman football for three years, um, had some success, had some really talented players and uh, got a chance to coach running backs. And I did that for a year. And then I was the offensive coordinator for a year. And then our head coach got a job at Arizona state, John Sanders um, on Todd Graham's staff. And I got hired as a head coach. So I did, I did three years as, as a, as a freshman coach, one year as a running back coach, one year as a coordinator. And then boom, I got handed the, uh, the keys to uh, one of the, one of the best programs in the state of Arizona. So I uh, was very, very fortunate, uh, the way things happen and happened fast for me. And, um, I've never looked back. It's, it's, it's become a, a true passion. And, and, uh, I just, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Once I, once I got going and I, and I, and I got out there on Wednesday nights with the freshman, I was like, man, this is, uh, this lights my fire. This is, this is what I need to do. I'm a competitor and this it filled a, filled a, a certain, uh, I guess, desire, need in my life to continue to compete. And so I've been, uh, been blessed to, to be where I'm at. And this, this next year will be my 15th year at Swaro high school. So. It's uh, it's amazing
0: how fast time flies. That's great stuff. And Arizona, I feel like Arizona football gets slept slept on a lot. Um, you know, you always hear about the Floridas, the Texas, California, those sort of things, Georgia. Arizona has some great high school football. And you guys got some great programs out there. And there's some real talent. Take us through a couple guys we may know that have come from your school. I, you know, this is a question I need to ask more. When I'm interviewing guys, yeah, because, no, I, you know, football, yeah. high school football, is so regional, and you don't know where guys come from and all that stuff, and so um, if you could give the listeners maybe a few names they might recognize seeing on Saturdays and Sundays,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, you know, first I can talk about Arizona football. I mean, going into uh, our open division state championship game, which we won it for the first time this year at the open division level. we we won it a bunch at the four A and and a couple times at the five A level, but but this year, you know, they they take the best eight teams from four A, five A, six A into one playoff bracket, but. At one point, um, Hamilton High School, Chandler High School, and and uh, and us, Saguaro, were all ranked in the national top twenty-five um, going into the last week of the season. So, you know, that says something about it when you got a state that has three te- three teams that are in that in that level. So, um, but yeah, as far as like some of the guys that have come out of Saguaro, I mean, if you watch the national championship game this year, uh, number five for Georgia, Keely Ringo, that had the pick six to end the game, that's our kid, um, and uh, was a big time five-star number one corner in the country recruit a couple years back. Um, You know, if you watch NFL, Christian Kirk, the wide receiver uh, for the Cardinals that uh, that played at Texas A&M, uh, was a was a second round draft pick. Uh, he's our guy, and and uh, Byron Murphy, another player with the Cardinals, uh, was the first overall pick in the second round uh, coming out of Washington, uh, was an All American for us. So, you know, we've we've got a we've got a big long laundry list of, of players that have come out. We've we've been extremely talented, and that's that's the there's no there's no secret there's no there's there's no it starts with talent and and having a, a dedicated coaching staff but yeah we've we've had some some players come out of our program that are phenomenal players and great kids and and uh man we're really really proud of the success that they're having at the next level.
0: That's great stuff coach. So let's get into the topic at hand today. So we're going to talk about RPOs off of inside zone and you know, there's a there's a lot of your coach tube courses up. You've put out your offense, you've got your own huddle stuff and we'll get to that later in the show and if i forget remind me to plug that okay <laughs> so i'm bad i'm yeah, bad at yeah. that that official podcast stuff I, I i get so into the talking about ball i forget to, to get the plugs and everything and make sure you get all your youtube or your twitter information and all that stuff but you know I, i've seen a little bit of the stuff it's really great i know that a lot of people have come to you about trying to put together an offense and you have some great materials on that. But I want to get through your thought process today. So we'll start. Let's talk about inside zone and how you guys teach it. And then maybe attach some of the RPOs to it, depending on the coverage, some of the things that you look for when you're playing a team, how they're going to play you. So you can design the routes off of that to to really get you out of those bad runs where, you you know, you have a run called. You're not liking the look or you think you can put somebody in conflict, kind of just your thought process, how you go through it, how you design those things, but let's start. Uh, let's first talk about how you put together your zone run game and some of your rules and some of those things.
1: For sure, for sure. Well, you know, I think just to start off, just to give kind of everybody an overview. We're we're an eleven personnel base offense, and and uh, you know, in the shotgun the majority of the time. Um, you know, just from a philosophical standpoint, you know, we want to use that that tight end to to create an extra gap in the run game. Uh, really like to to use that kind of Y off um, wing uh, type look, whether it's two by two or three by one. And, uh, and always want to present the threat of four verticals, um, to the defense. And so I think, you know, when you, when you break it down to the, to the, to the very, um, you know, widest overview of what we do, that's kind of where it's at. We want to, we want to use a tight end to create an extra gap in the run game. And we want to be able to always pose a threat of four verticals. And that's kind of where we start, um, from a, from a, uh, an offensive perspective, and we teach our kids this from day one, it really comes down to, uh, you know, the ability to to count the numbers in the box. And, um, you know, if you ask, you ask any kid that's playing varsity football at Saguaro on the offensive side, they're going to say, yeah, Coach Mont says if we have a hat for a hat, we're going to run the ball. And, and that's kind of where we're at. If we can put a hat on a hat, uh, we want to run the football and we want to build everything we do off of the ability to, to run the ball and have a physical run game. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, whether you're in 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever personnel you're in, um, you know, with the, with the ability to have the, um, the read option or the RPO game, you know, you can, you can block, uh, as many as you, you have hats and you can, you can, you can read an extra guy. So that's kind of where we're at. We can block five, read six, or we can block six, read seven. Um, and it's just really about identifying, um, where we want to put that read, whether we want to put it at the first level, uh, the second level or the third level. And that's, and that's kind of the, just philosophically, um, kind of where we start. So, you know, inside zone like we were talking about before we, before we started recording, and inside zones. That's been our primary run scheme really each of the last three years. That's, that's been our most called run scheme this year, far and away. Um, and you know, because we're an 11 personnel, you know, we're, we, we will run some true like first level zone read. And, and if we have a, an athletic dual threat quarterback, like we were blessed to have, um, that we use down the stretch this season, you know, we're definitely gonna put some first level reads on. Um, but we always want to, we want to play option football. And I think that's what, when, when you're a, when you're an RPO team, um, you're an option football team. And, and so Um, whether it's a first level read on a zone replay, if, if, if it is, we want to add some kind of, um, pitch element to that. And so we always talk about just like a triple option team would having a dive key and having a pitch key. And so, you know, first level team, you're going to read the defensive end on inside zone. If he crashes, you're going to pull it, but we want to have a pitch key off of that. So that might be having a bubble screen attached where the quarterback can post snap, come back to a bubble screen off the overhang defender. Um, you know, on an RPO, we can lock. Uh, the, the, the backside end with our tackle, we can take that read and put it onto the second level on a, on a linebacker. And uh, and if he if he plays heavy on run, we can pull it and then we can throw an RPO off the pitch key. So that's kind of philosophically, coach. What we're what we're looking at is is we always want to be able to identify a dive key and a pitch key. And then you know the reason why I like inside zone is I think you know especially in eleven personnel, um, we want to try to get double teams at the first level. We we want to be physical at the first level and uh, we want to get hip to hip. And uh, you know, we we much rather have our running backs, you know, make guys miss it at the second and third level than than having to try to make guys miss, it, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. So really heavy emphasis on on uh, on our zone combos, getting hit to hit, winning at the first level, and coming off late to the second level, and and uh, and that's that's allowed us to have a physical uh, a physical element to our run game. Love to use the tight end, and and you know, from an inside zone standpoint, like I said. We're going to read the backside end at the first level. We're going to block him and insert our tight end. We're going to run split zone and go dig that guy out. We're going to run some, some, uh, some bluff zone. And, and if we're getting some gap exchange, we'll arc and, 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 you know, and roll to the alley and, and put, put a hat out in front of our quarterback. So we have a lot of different ways that we can dress it up. And I think it's probably the most versatile run scheme that exists where we feel like we can carry our inside zone into every game we play um, all year long because, because of its versatility.
0: When you're running inside zone, are you using covered uncovered rules? Or are you blocking fronts? Are you blocking tracks? What's your philosophy on on the blocking end of it?
1: Yeah, great question. We uh, we are we're a covered uncovered um, team, and uh, and then obviously have some abilities to uh, to we you know we call it zone it where we can get into running more tracks if we're getting if we're getting some uh, some games or or you know some different stuff that, from from the linebacker from the presentation. But um, yeah, I mean, really basic rules. If you're if you're covered play side. Uh, we're going to flop and drive and kind of set that track. Um, you know, if you're, if you're covered backside, um, we call it settle punch. And, and that's kind of what gets our hip to hip, you know, front side uh, or, or excuse me, uh, first level double team. And then if you're uncovered, we're going to always check uh, the the near hip of the uh, the next down lineman play side. And, and if he doesn't cross face towards me, then I'm going to climb and, and work to the next level. So, um, you know, at the at the very basic level, that's what we're doing. And then, like I said, um, if we start getting, you know, the mic's going to walk out and, and you know, show edge pressure then we'll make some zoning calls and we'll, and we'll full track it. And we'll, and we'll, you know, we have some tags to where we can lock the backside end and and, and change the read on, on who we're working to, but that's what we're doing up front with the, with the bigs. And then, you know, from a, from a backfield standpoint, um, you know, I know a lot of people will, will kind of aim and, and press based on the shade. Um, we really just with our, with our running back, we rerun it more true, like, like veer. And so um, our aiming point for a running back is the center's play side, cheek. And, uh, we want to get square shoulders downhill hard. And basically we tell our running back that, that you know, <laughs> in, in kind of like in little kitty terms, you're an airplane and you got two runways, you got a runway in the front side, a gap and you got a runway in the backside, a gap. And we're always going to press to the heels of the O-line. So we're going to press that thing that centers place that ass cheek. We're going to press all the way to the heels of the O-line. If it's clear in that front side, a gap, we're going to hit it a hundred miles an hour downhill square shoulders and go get four yards and, and be physical. If we press that thing to the heels of the O line and that front side A gap's cloudy, then we're going to jump cut the backside A gap and hit that thing 100 miles an hour. And that's pretty much what that is. It's an A gap to A gap run for us. Um, now, when we run some split zone or some same side, um, you know, zone uh, with our tight end kind of digging out that backside C gap, uh, the, the ball can bend back, and that's the, the advantage of having really um, downhill square shoulders. Is that ball can increase backside B gap and even C gap sometimes? Um, where I think if you press wider um, based on the shade. Um, it's harder to, to to bend it back quite as much as we do, so that's kind of how we teach it. We want it to be a physical downhill run play. We want to put stress on that backside end right now because that ball's hitting hitting hard uh, straight downhill. And then if that guy's going to going to turn his shoulders and and come down the line of scrimmage, then we're going to disconnect. We're going to pull it and and get our quarterback out on the on the perimeter and and uh, and give him some options with the ball. So that's how we teach it, and we've had a lot of success doing it that way.
0: Are you doing this more on an offset gun or more pistol looks?
1: we're going to be more offset gun. Um, we can do it out of the pistol. Um, I like to, we like to pop our back, um, starting the pistol and pop them out late, or, or, uh, or just bounce them from side to side. But no, I'm more of an offset guy. I, I you know, I think there's advantages to the pistol. Um, but I, I, I think there's, uh, for for me personally, I think there's more advantages to be an offset. And so you just have to understand what defenses are doing. And then you have to be able to kind of take some of their rules and use it against them to manipulate that. And, um, or, or just to use the, the quick motion of the back to, uh, to make sure that there's not a there's not too many tells um, based on your alignment pre snap.
0: Yeah, I miss the days from a defensive standpoint where when you all would run stretch, you'd put the back in front of the quarterback, and when you ran zone, <laughs> you tuck him behind. Those were the days, and everybody realized yeah. we were keen on that, and then that that went by the wayside. But
1: I I was I had a coach actually had a coach that was uh, visiting from the state of Washington. He spent the last two days out here in Arizona, and, and that was actually one of the things we talked about today. Coach was. You know, we went a few years back to every one of our running back alignments is two yards wide, toes on heels. You know, that's where we're going to end up, and it doesn't matter if we're it's pass pro or if it's if it's outside zone, if it's power read, if it's inside zone. We want to give that same presentation because the, the last thing we want a good defensive coordinator to do is uh, is, is say, okay, well, if he's in this alignment, it's going to be one of these four things. You know, if he's in this alignment, it's going to be one of these four things. It just it makes their their uh, their percentage for calling the right play uh, go up a lot when uh, when they can kind of. Um, eliminate different, different, <laughs> different possibilities. So we, we try to make everything look the same and, and uh, hopefully that gives us a little bit of an advantage.
0: Absolutely. On any of those different plays, are you really changing? You talked a little bit about it, but are you really changing how the running backs playing that? Are you, are you telling that back? So let's say you run in split zone, the, the Y's coming back across, are you really trying to follow that block? Cause I know some guys, they, they try to tuck it behind that block or is it more a, uh, Hey, run your same track, but know that the cutback is there. I mean, are you, are, are you kind of like, uh, do, you know, keep going, but then if you see something hit it, are you really trying to pre-wind that back?
1: No, we, you know, I think we tell our kids it's the same track. It doesn't matter what, what, what we're doing, um, you know, around it, we're going to press that thing to the center's play side, ass cheek, and we're going to hammer it hundred miles an hour to the front side, a gap. And if it's cloudy, we're going to jump cut it. But the one thing that we do, talk to our kids a lot about is the where inside zone really hits big is when you hit that cutback. So we want to press that thing up in there, but if it gets cloudy, we want to make sure we, we, we jump cut it. And, and uh, you know, we never want to bounce it. I mean, a good, a, the, the only way to really get uh, to get chewed out on inside zone and Tawarro is if you bounce it, you know, if you press it too wide, your shoulders open up and you try to bounce inside zone, it's not, it's not going to be a fun uh, film session for you. So uh, we want to get it downhill, but we also want to show our kids and, and they get a feel for it there. Where that thing really hits is when we can we can set that wall and we can get back behind that wall in the cutback lane. Um, that's that's when it turns into an explosive play. So, uh, but no, we don't we don't press it. We don't aim it any different. We don't tell them to cut back sooner or anything like that. We want to we want to kind of follow those rules. And I think that's, a, that's doing that ensures that you know we don't lose yards running inside zone. I mean we we might we might get stopped for two or three, but but we're not gonna we're not gonna get stopped at line of scrimmage because there's not any guessing. We're, we're, we're hammering that thing downhill and, and we want it to be, like I said, a physical downhill run play.
0: Now, are there any fronts or any kind of movement or anything or, or presentations where you will change how your running backs going to hit that or the reads or anything like that? Or do you just, you just live with it and and just get it done?
1: No, we, we don't, we do not change the running backs track, um, or, or be based on a front, um, but when we are getting a lot of odd front where we're getting fours and four eyes and things like that, um, that's when you're going to see us, you know, use that tight end kind of that offset tight end um, and, and add him to the zone and, and, and get some of the, you know, running zone away from the tight end so that we can get that tight end tackle combo on that four technique um, to the play side back or put the read on the overhang. Um, I think that's that's you know something that we try to do against against those those good, you know, three, four teams and and guys that are that are playing heads up four or playing four eye or moving guys around um is is you know run that inside zone away from the long side, away from the tight end and 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 create some of those blocking angles. And and that's been a good play for us. And that's where when you talk about that ball really widening back to the C gap, when we're running that away from a tight end, that's where we got to make sure we stay really square um and we don't press too wide because you know there's a lot of times where you know, we, we wash that four eye down t- tight end climbs to the play side backer, and we, then we cut that thing back off the tight end's ass. And so um, that's, that's one thing that's, I think, been, been really successful for us is, is if we're getting that. Cause that, you know, when you got that backside, you know, four, four, eye, it, it, it can screw with the read, it can screw with your track and your ability to get to that backside linebacker. So um, that's where you'll, you'll see some of that same side, um, you know, split zone, so to say um, with the, with the tight end for us.
0: All right, now let's talk about how you're designing your pass game off of that play. So you've mentioned you have the read, you have the lock. When you're going into a game plan, you're looking at a team. What are the first things you're looking at to attach those RPOs? So you turn on the tape. Where's your brain going? Where's your eye going? Where are you starting to design? Because, you know, it's your lead play. So you're going to run zone. I'm guessing you'll change your, you know, lock tags based on who your quarterback is. Obviously a runner put the read on it more of a passer, lock it, or, you know, you could also lock it with a runner, maybe keep it inside or do some second level reads, but you're turning on that film, you're playing a team, maybe, you know, if it's a team in your league or something, you may know a lot about, but you're playing a team that you don't know much about early in the year, let's say, and you don't have any preconceived notions. Where are you going first with your thought process to, to design those tags?
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's uh, looking at personnel groupings and, uh, and formations and, uh, and just looking at how are they aligning, you know, what kind of front are we going to expect based on, are we in 10 personnel? Are we getting four two five? Are we getting three, four, you know, we get a tight end in, in the game and attach a tight end, you know, how does that change the front? Are they, are they setting to the tight end? Are they bringing an the extra guy down? So I think we just want to, we want to really try to identify, um, the structure of the defense first and foremost. And then it's, it really comes down to, you know, um, are they trying to, you know, some teams, no matter what you do, they're always going to try to have a plus one in the box. Right. And, and so we want to identify, is this a team that's going to always try to outnumber us in the run game? Um, Is this a team that's going to try to play what we call a gray area player guy that's going to try to, uh, you know, be able to add to the run, but also be a, be, you know, be able to defend the pass, you know, and, uh, or is it a team that's going to play us hat for hat in the box and, and try to play two high safeties and, and, you know, and do that whole thing. So I think that's the first, that's the, that's the first step is identifying, you know, what kind of defensive structure that we think we're going to see based on, based on the film that we have and, and some of their tendencies. And, and uh, you know, and we're a cop, we're a copycat team in the sense that like, you know, I want to see what other people have done against you and how you defended that. So, um, you know, we, we kind of will change yield you know, from a formation standpoint and personnel standpoint, if, if if we feel like we can dictate a certain look based on a, a personnel group or formation, you're going to see us get into that. Cause that's, that, that gives us a, a great chance for success if we can, if we can predict kind of what we're going to get from a look standpoint. So then it just comes down to, you know, obviously our personnel, do we have a dynamic dual threat quarterback? Do we want to put some first level reads on and run some true triple option where we're, we're reading and dive and we have pitch you know, with bubble screens. Um, you know, I think most of our, our basic, you know, starting point for for our RPO, is going to have um, uh, what we call key screens. So whether it's a fast screen to the number one, or a bubble screen to two, or a bubble screen to three, uh, we're going to always have something like that, usually to the field. And then we like to have gift routes tagged um, to the boundary. So usually the single receiver is going to run uh, a hitch or a snap route or or some kind of some kind of gift route that can convert to a takeoff. So if you're going to try to you know play off of that guy and roll coverage to the field, we want to be able to to nickel and dime you and take the gifts. If you're going to try to press up on that guy with no help over the top, you know, we want our best guy to be able to run and take off and, and take some shots downfield. And, and then if you're going to stay in a too high safety look, then we're going to play the numbers, grass and leverage game to the, to the field, to the screen. And, uh, and we can throw that pre-snap or we can throw that post-snap when we go to our, to our, to our key screen game. So, you know, that would, that would kind of be where we'd start from a, from a true first level read RPO type standpoint. And then, you know, Hey, if if we don't really feel like we want to run our quarterback, maybe we don't have a guy where that's his skill set or, you know, we don't like the read option look and we want to lock the first level and put a read on a linebacker. Then I think it comes down to a coach where it's like, you know, who's adding to the box? Are they adding to the field with an overhang? Are they adding to the boundary with a safety? Are they trying to, are they trying to roll safeties late, starting a two high shell and then roll safeties late? So what we've really progressed to, um, is, is really trying to build in. and, And I think, you know, I know you're a defensive guy, but what we're seeing a whole lot more of now is, is like the cover down looks where we're getting more um, post safety uh, looks and, um, you know, getting some cover one, getting some cover three, you know, getting, get, getting some, some trap coverages and and safety rotations and things like that. We're just, you know, trying to take away those easy throws, trying to just take away that the gift routes and the, and the, you know, um, the, the stuff that, that back in 2015 was like stealing. And, and now we don't, we don't get as many of those looks anymore. So, um, we want to try to always have built in man and zone beaters into a lot of things that we do. So, you know, running a glance route to our single receiver and run an inside fade to the field um, off of our split zone. Look where, you know, if you're going to rotate late for the field, we're going to throw a glance. If you're running cover three, if you're going to get down and try to play man and put an extra guy in the box, we want to be able to beat man with our inside fade. And so we look at a lot of that in our, in our RPO design is okay. If teams are gonna play man to take away our run and get a plus one in the box, we have to have a man beater. If they're gonna try to run some fire zones or some you know safety rotation or do some things like that, um, to get an extra hat in the box, then we gotta we gotta be able to attack um, you know, the zones with with some zone beater type routes. So that's kind of that's kind of where we start. That's that's kind of how my how my brain thinks. And and we have a lot of different ways that we can package the man and zone beaters and and uh but uh but yeah, that's that's kind of what we're looking at, coach.
0: Folks, have you signed up yet for Blitz 22? Huddle's second annual virtual football summit is happening March 21st through 23rd. And once again, it is free. At Blitz 22, you'll have a front row seat to innovative football sessions, network with thousands of coaches across the country, and hear directly from the Huddle team about the future of Huddle products. All of it right at your fingertips. Spots are limited, so register now for free and register using huddle.com slash coachvast to be entered to win giveaways throughout the week. This year, Huddle has a ton of heavy hitters, including Jeff Saturday, Hawk tackling Godfather Rocky Seto, showing you how it's done. And that's just for starters. They also have PJ Fleck, Pat Fitzgerald, and Jeff Munkin lined up. They'll all be there. And not to be forgotten, I'll also be hosting panel discussions every day, Some of the names you'll see with me are no strangers to these podcasts, and we'll also have some up-and-coming college coaches in tow. Again, register online today at huddle.com slash coachvast to be entered for those giveaways. And remember, spots are limited for this free event. Join the Rush at Blitz 22, March 21st through 23rd, and I will see you there. Now, you mentioned when you... You play some eleven personnel looks. You play some ten personnel looks. Obviously, you're a base eleven team, so you're going to start there. But what are some of the things that you that you see, or a team does that you're like, you know what? Let's get in some ten looks. Let's flex that tight end out of there. Is there anything you're really looking for, or anything that triggers your brain besides, hey, let's just change it up to change it up? Where you see, hey, they're playing this front. They're playing this coverage. Let's get them. Let's let's clean this out. Let's get them out into four wide looks. And walk their dudes out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if if you're getting, you know, if we're playing a four-two-five team, they're going to walk that nickel out to the field, and they're going to play a, a too high look, and and we're going to have a six-man box. Then we're we're all about that because you know, hey, we can block five. We're going to read. We're going to read one and and uh, I think we can do some really good stuff on that. You know, if we're in ten personnel and there's going to be seven guys that can defend the run, then we're we're minus one. We're outnumbered. You know, and and uh, and and so. You know, so there's some really good teams where where you're just dead to rights. You could be in ten personnel, and you know teams get into the three four, the three three, and and uh, can get a seventh guy around the ball and and make it tough to you know identify who's the the, the read player and and get an extra half in the box real quick. Um, then it's it's tough. So that's kind of what we're looking at. If We can spread you out, and and you're going to spread out and keep two safeties high because we're you know we've got four wide. Then then you know that for us that that's a great way to to get the ball to our athletes in space with the with a real dynamic quarterback um but again if if we don't feel like we can if we don't if we can't account for all the hats in the box then we got to bring an extra hat and and that's usually our tight end and um again i think i mean if you're blessed if you're a coach out there and you you got two tight ends man i tell you what 11 and 12 personnel is the way to go especially 12 personnel you got two pretty good ones and they and and they and they can and they they're they're versatile where they can they can attach and they can put their hand down they can flex out and you can move them around um you can create a lot of problems uh for defenses because now not only are you creating one extra gap with one tight end, you're creating two extra gaps, and you can still threaten four verticals. So that really puts defenses in bind if you can do that.
0: Yeah, that twelve personnel stuff is no bueno. Now, do you see any of the teams running the three high stuff?
1: Yeah, we're getting a lot more of that stuff. You know, the the, the tight front, um, you know, looks and and you know, it kind of fits into our odd stat category. But yeah, we're we're getting a whole lot more um, three safety looks and. And you know, running the double double clouds with the with the corners kind of squatting. Um, you know, I think everybody's everybody's <laughs> everybody's uh, is evolving and getting better and and being able to throw different looks. And again, I think when you're getting some of that stuff, that's even more important to be able to have the um, the bigger packages where you can get into 11 and 12 or 21, and and uh, and you can have a physical run game because um, those three those those three safety teams, you know, they're they're making their living against like you know, in my opinion. Again, ten personnel teams where um, you know they can add to the box late, but they don't they don't have to they don't have to have a loaded box to begin because because you know the the offensive box is light um, from a personnel standpoint. So that's again where I think you're you're not going to see us in, in true ten personnel a ton because because of the ability of defenses to get into those kind of looks and, and just really really cause problems um, in the in the zone read game.
0: And that's the hard part about playing eleven is you know I only liked running that stuff versus ten. And we would really run it only versus 10. And, you know, teams would try to bring a receiver down in a tight end position. But I was never worried about that. But if you can insert that tight end in the box and and really dig people out, uh, that stuff scares me. Now, I know a lot of people have had a lot of success with it. I'm just talking about my personal feelings on the matter that can really shy people away. But how do you account for that middle safety and get him blocked in that situation, that deep middle guy, the third safety? (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, really it it depends on what you're running, what, what, what you're using to attack and, and uh, you know, scheme wise, but you know, I I think there's, there's two different trains of thought. Number one is that guy's coming from depth and, um, and we're not going to make an an immediate threat. You know, we're going to, we're going to work. We're going to block, we're going to block the first and second level. And then that guy's going to have to run free and make plays. Now if they got a guy that's a dude that, you know, which teams are running that, they want to put their, their best dude that can really run hit and tackle. And they, and the guy's coming downhill and making plays right now. Um, then I think that's where you, that's where you start, you know, making your combo calls to him and treating him like, like he's a Mike stack linebacker and, and, uh, and you've got it, you've got to, you've got to make those combo calls and work to him. And, um, so that's something you got to spend time on. And, and, uh, but like I said, I think it's game plan to game plan. Um, based on, based on who that kid is and, and what kind of uh, productivity he's had. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you just ultimately, I think you have to treat him like he's a linebacker and you have to, you have to ID your front counting him as a, as a backer. And that's, that's the only way that you can really, you know, account for him. And again, zone, zone schemes, I think too, is, is, you know, inside outside zone and, and running tracks and doing some things like that where you're, you know, you can gain an extra hat and and work climb climb and work your eyes inside out and um, a lot of times that guy will, will show if you just, if you just run your tracks,
0: you know, it's funny with the RPO stuff. And I know that it's, this is not technically an RPO, but a lot of people say, Oh, including myself say, Oh, well, you know, if you play a man, you can take away a lot of the RPO stuff. But if you're not playing a man to the, to the slot side, to the two receiver side to the field correctly, you know, you're inviting that inside fade and that play is a pain in the ass to defend, especially if you have a pretty good guy on the outside that can, take the hitch and, and go places with it where it's not one of these things where I'll leave the hitch, let him throw the hitch. We're, we'll double the, you know, the inside fade route. Uh, you can make people pay or people that turn the hitch into like an inside route. So they'll, they'll, they'll hitch up and then kind of work inside almost like a five yard in route. Um, you know, yeah. some of that stuff is, it, it's hard to defend. And so I caution people now that just say, well, we'll just play man you know, screw it. We'll just play man. We'll handle it that way. It's like, yeah, but you know, even the match three stuff, it, it it plays out the same way. I mean, you've got a corner inside, you have an overhang outside leverage and you know that you hope they can play that fade, but that's, that's a lot to ask, especially with guys with bigger hybrid types out there playing that, that position, especially if you put your best guy in the slot.
1: Yeah. And and just, just, just to touch on that. Yeah. We, that's what we do. We want to put our, we want to put our best guy in the slot and you know, we're going to run that. We're going to run a ton of that that inside fade concept, and we do the same thing like you said. If we get presser cloud, that outside hitch is going to convert to a to what we call fan or our five yard in, and um, and yeah, we're going to try to, we're going to try to work that high low um, out there, and and uh, so yeah, that's 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 the answer, and I think that's where where defenses are like, okay, hey, this RPO stuff, we're just going to play man, and I think it took a while for the offenses, but I think now the offenses are, are catching back up and and building in. Uh, build in a lot of those those man-beater type concepts, so it's it's that's the fun cat and mouse stuff, and and uh, constantly evolving. And you guys will come out with something different next year, and we'll to we'll have to adjust to it. So we just gotta stay on our toes all the time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting because for a couple of years ago people started saying, well, we're gonna get rid of our three-step game because we have the RPOs. And I always just think, wait a minute, because the way to, I mean, if you're talking about true RPOs, man is the best way to go but now you open yourself up to all that other stuff. So I would not get rid of your, your slant arrows or slant flats, like your old, you know, your old school three-step game. I mean, that stuff. And then mesh came back too, because for a while, I remember going like the Tony Franklin seminar in the mid to 2010s. And there was at one point, point they got rid of mesh. They said, you know, it's just too time intensive. Everybody's playing quarters. You know, everybody's, Caught on to it, and you know they even the the air raid the air raid guy got out of it. Well, I I, I shouldn't say that because you get you get some Mike Leach people on my ass and some Mummy people on my ass. But the guy that's doing the Tony Franklin air raid thing is saying, "Hey guys, Mesh is just it's just paying me ass." But now with all this man coverage, you know it's become a great call again. And I know some people. <laughs> I I have to remind myself this is an offensive podcast. So there's probably people yelling at their at their iPhone or whatever. It's always been a great concept. What are you talking about? But um, did you notice that where you you kind of pulled back on some man beaters because you started to see more zone, and then teams were starting to defend you with more man, and you you dusted off some older stuff maybe that you ran and kind of brought it back. Did you experience that or not so much?
1: No, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's funny. Even just like, even our four verticals and we, and we've run four verticals all the time, but um, you know, we're getting so much more post safety now, you know, where, where you have know, four verticals has is, is, is become great again. And, and, uh, and then some of our switch verticals because, because of man free and getting some rubs and, and uh, you know, getting, getting the back out of the backfield on, on, uh, on our switch verticals. And that's, has been really good, but absolutely yeah. the mesh. I mean, I was always the guy, I was, I was the guy saying, Mesh is too expensive, and and you know we're getting quarters coverages all the time, and it's not worth it. I I was that guy five years ago, and now now I've got a course on mesh. You know, it's like in our rail concept that we use. So, um, you know, I think it is. It's just the ebbs and flows of, of the defenses. I mean, and and like when we go back, just even backtrack into to um when I started using eleven personnels because we were getting a ton of like odd stack defenses, like the three three stack, the three three five stuff, and. Um, you know, not a lot of people are using that anymore, but that's when we really evolved from being 10 personnel to being 11 personnel because, you know, instead of getting the, the four threes uh and the four fours where we could spread people out in and, and, and 10 personnel, we were starting to get that odd stack look and, and a whole lot more three, four. And uh, and I was like, man, we just, I don't like 10 personnel against us. And that's what's kind of really got us into an 11 personnel um, kind of base team. So yeah, it's it's interesting the ebbs and flows of what people do and how they take stuff away. And I, Like I'm waiting for somebody to come out and like run the, like the Nebraska, like veer triple option offense. Like when Scott Frost was there uh, playing quarterback, I think like that, you know, like all the academies have had so much success running the, the flexbone triple. And I, like, I think some of that stuff is like you you really start putting defenses in a bind when you can get into big packages and, and, and do some different things. So it's, it's always fun to follow the, you know, the trends in football and what people are doing and where it's going. And, you know, hopefully you kind of stay on the, on the front end of, of some of the changes.
0: Yeah, and I I know some of the teams that never went away from that stuff that they've had to get away from it because it wasn't that it wasn't successful in offense anymore, but their defense couldn't keep up with the offense, and so what's happened is, you know the the old defensive cliche: how do you stop a triple option team? Will you go up fourteen points? Exactly. You know if you can if you can score and they can't keep up with you. You know, football has, became of, uh, has become a game of, well, not who who's going to score is who's not going to score. You know, like you see some of these yep. games where even at the college level where teams are scoring touchdowns every possession and it's the team that's had to punt twice that's losing. And so I think, but I think that might be part of it, but you're right. I mean, I'm, I've been waiting, you know, people have been saying that for a while. That somebody's gonna come back and with big personnel and kind of turn the tide, but I'm wait. I'm still waiting on it. I mean, even Georgia, that you know, they were doing that and they had to spread the the offense out to to get over the hump, so to speak. And I'm waiting for that Harbaugh revolution where somebody comes to college football. I mean, you see it at Kansas State, you see it at North Dakota State, but. You know one of these SEC teams That are like okay fine Nobody wants to recruit a fullback We're going to get the best fullback Nobody wants to recruit an inline tight end I mean not that they don't A lot of them do You know they're versatile guys But like you know guys with cage face masks And neck rolls and just run power But I think what's happened is Offenses have gotten so good That it's it's so much harder to To stop these teams People like you Helping everybody out You know you're you're the reason you're the reason this stuff's not uh uh, coming back but uh it's 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 an interesting evolution to watch it every year and to watch the cat and mouse game and you know i've already seen people starting to turn away from the tight fronts and you know it's almost run its course with some people and it's just interesting like you said every year there's it's like we all get together and then what do we come out with you know what i mean so
1: yep yep for sure
0: but what are some of the other RPOs that you like to package versus certain looks? What are some of the other auxiliary plays that you have specifically? Or maybe if you give us an example in the past of, and, and obviously I wouldn't ask you to do specific things on a specific team that you've played now, but maybe teams in the past that you've played or staff has changed some of the specific game plan examples of RPOs you've taken into games to solve some issues to get your defense or to get the defense rather to, to move a certain way to open things up and, and how you've used that perimeter passing game to kind of open up your, your inside run game or in, if not open it, uh, at least make them pay if they all gang up inside.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just like off the top of my head, I mean, at like three by one, let's say we're in 10 personnel and, and we're getting a four two five team and they're, and they're trying to apex, you know, the, the, the nickel between the two and three. I mean, I, I love to run like a little three by one pop concept. Um, you know, run run the lock zone to the boundary, uh, lock lock the defensive end to the field, and uh, and just run our tight end on a little just just a little pop. You know, some people run pop as as like a vertical, you know, and we run it more like a six yard hitch, just just straight ahead and sit down and uh, and try to put that Mike linebacker in a bind. You know, is he playing dive or is he trying to open up to the and wall the three, and uh, and then to the three receiver side to the side that we're running the pop to. Like I said, the, the number three or the tight end is going to run the little the six yard stick route. Um, and then we put our number two, we run a little backpedal bubble. And then we block uh, for the bubble with our number one. So, um, again, when I talk about like triple option football, where you're reading dive key, to pitch key, we basically make the mic, the dive key. And uh, so if he if he opens up to wall three, we're going to hand the ball off. If he if he comes down you know, heavy downhill um, to fit the B gap, then we're going to pull it and then we're going to throw the pop to the bubble off that that curl flat player, that nickel player. So um and then opposite that to the single receiver side, we're gonna have a gift route tag. So um, you know, usually a hitch or a snap route. And the snap route is like our speed cut out, five five yard speed cut out to the boundary. And so that's a real basic play for us right there. Um and then the evolution from that is, you know, because if you're playing a four, two, five with a two high safety look and we're and we're running that, you know, we're running that lock zone pop concept and we're just picking on your mic and you can't he can't be right then what's the answer? You got to bring a safety down. Right. And so then if you bring a safety down and you try to cover down and, and play three over three, then then we're going to run our, our three man um, inside fade concept. So now we're going to run stick from the, from the three, from the Y, and then we're going to run the inside fade with the slot and with the hitch outside of it. And then we'll, and then we'll come back with like our glance route opposite that. So, you know, if you're playing, if you're playing cover one, we're going to work inside fade. If you're playing cover three, we're going to work that, that glance route. And, and so, you know that's a real basic three by one lock inside zone concept, and and uh, you know you just, you got to have an answers. So you got to say this is the RPO we like, but you have to also understand what is the defense going to do to defend this? What can they do to take it away? And then what's our answer if if they're doing that? So uh, that's kind of like a little one two kind of combo punch that we'll that we'll throw um, against teams when when we're running our you know ten personnel three by one stuff.
0: Are there any looks where let's say you're reading? The overhang, and you're getting bubble off a three by one, right? Let's just say something simple like uh, you got the tight end three by one, why in the core, why off, whatever. You're running the zone to the boundary, the tight end's cutting the backside off. Or you said apex mic. So let's actually go three by one open. So you're three by one open. You got a tight end as the three, or let, let's say it's a receiver because you're going to run bubble and you're reading that mic and he comes inside. Is there any. Thing that the defense does that you'll say you know what we're still not going to throw that bubble or we're going to change the route we're going to change the bubble in the sense that you know you're starting to see and this is at the pro levels and we've done it in the past it was with certain coverages and you had to be careful it had to be something where the nickel didn't have two carrying two responsibility but teams are starting to press one and press two and play some quarters out of it. And they basically just tell the nickel, hey, bang the number two, and then just drop back. Because you don't have anything immediate. You're, you're looking for three coming out, a back coming out, you know, the guy you're on going out. Well, that's easy. You're outside shoulder. But, you know, you're seeing the one, one getting pressed, two getting pressed. Will you ever say, okay, yes, the mic's not going to be there. He's going to come in the box. So we have the bubble. But man, that double press looks hard. Do you ever audible and change some of the routes or do you give the quarterback the freedom to change it to some sort of switch concept where you can try to pick those guys? Because I know that's something that's coming down the pipe is press zone over on the overhangs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we get, we got like we call it mini coverage where they'll, they'll, you know, they'll lock the field. Number one, they'll press him up and then they'll, they'll, you know, play that nickel outside shade of the two and, and, uh, you know, kind of play like, you know, bring that safety down over the three hard. And, uh, and that way the mic's not responsible for the three, you know, do some, do some things like that, um, you know, where they'll run a trap coverage and, and take that corner and, and, and trap the the two, trap the bubble and play the nickel on the three and, and roll the safety over the top. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think I we don't audible RPOs. I don't, I, you know, that's, I feel like that's too, a little bit too much to put, on the quarterback's plate pre-snap to trying to do that stuff. We don't want them to, we don't want them, you know, but I think you have to, if you see that and like, okay, Hey, we're running, we're running our pop concept and they're, and they're running trap and they're, and they're hugging, um, you know, they're hugging the three, they're hugging the stick with the nickel and and they're trapping the corner to, to defend the bubble and playing that, you know, playing that, that safety over the top of one. Then, then I think you gotta, you gotta go, okay, scrap that, you know, they're trapped. It means we're getting rotation. Now we need that. Now we need to get to back, to something to our single receiver backside away from that, where, where if they're, you know, if they're rolling coverage and rolling that backside safety, the post, then we've got to be able to attack the zones with, uh, with the single receiver. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a good question. And that's, again, that's what the good teams do. The good teams, you know, have more than one way to defend, um, your RPO game. They can throw some different looks at you and the really good ones, you know, they can, they can, they can, they, can, they don't do it for any certain rhyme or reason. They just, You know, they they, they know they needed to to throw some different looks at you so you don't ever get comfortable. Um, And uh, and yeah, no, that's uh, that's great stuff. We're definitely getting some of that. I know our defense, Jim, Jim does a great job doing that stuff. And and, uh, we go back and forth with each other all day long. And so um, but that's how that's that's where you learn to evolve is when you go, okay, listen, our our defenses, you know, when they see us every day, they're doing some good stuff to take away what we like to do. What do we have to you know, how do we evolve and what we have to do to take it away?
0: Yeah, I started noticing that I have a a shameless self plug show on Tuesday night I do during the NFL season where we pick a game and go through it. And I've noticed, you know, we've run the mini coverage forever and teams have done things like that. But a lot of people have stayed away from quarters versus three by one because of the weak safety conflict. You know, they have the B gap and three vertical, not a winning business model. However, teams are starting to run those tight fronts. And I really noticed it. I was watching the Bengals defense. And they weren't necessarily in the tight fronts, but they were doing some stunts and some things. And the thing that you see in the NFL a lot that I think will trickle down is you're seeing, and and I've I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show that in the NFL you see a lot of half quarter quarter because the the hashes are so narrow, it's easier to pull off. But I think that yep. I think it's going to start trickling down, and if it's done right, I think it can be done at like at the high school and college level where you know you're seeing trips and unlike mini coverage where nickel has responsibility of vertical of 2 you can see either you know half quarter quarter or quarter quarter half where you know i was watching the niners they did the opposite they played quarter quarter half and what they were doing is it was actually i, I yeah it was the niners that did this my bad i was i was thinking of two different things and i conflated the stories my apologies. So the Niners were doing this where they were playing press on one to the field, press on two with the nickel, but because it's quarters they he doesn't have vertical responsibility. So he can be super aggressive because the wor- the worry with many is if you run four verts and that nickel gets too handsy. And especially if that slots, your best player, he just runs right by your ass and you got no, you got yeah. no recourse, but You're seeing teams now. What they're doing is they're taking the overhang, and I and I know it's the Niners and it's Fred Warner and everything, but they're letting him play three, especially if it's a tight end. They're letting him handle three by himself because he's out of the run fit anyway, right? So he covers down three on any kind of verticals, and then the nickel will press two because the safety behind him is going to take two, and then they double the backside and they're putting a lot of pressure on that Mike, which. I know on one hand, it's like, wow, that sounds crazy. But if he's your best athlete and he's going against the tight end and you can, you know, take people out by alignments over two, you know, you got to take a chance somewhere, right? Like your slot receiver is a beast. Your ex is a beast. Your quarterback is a beast. Like we're just hoping somebody somewhere is not a beast that we, not everybody's better than us, but you know, you're starting to see some of those other strategies. And I think, you're starting to see defensive strategies that if you told me we're in play three or four years ago, I would have said, get the hell out of here. There's no way, but you guys have done such a good job that we're like grasping at straws at this point. Well, let's try this shit. Let's see if this sticks. You know what I mean? Like, okay, great idea. Okay. Terrible idea. Move on. You know? So,
1: (laughs) yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's good stuff. And I, I mean, I think like that, that look right there is really effective. Um, you know, against an, uh, 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 you know, attached tight end, you know, somebody that's, that's, you know, but if, I think if you can spread that guy out, especially, you know, I think again, the other thing offenses are doing a good job now too, is, is, um, is, you know, spacing, whether it's condensed looks or it's, or it's, you know, really spreading the field and, and getting wide splits, um, with the receivers and it makes it tough to, you know, to be able to play B gap and to be able to, you know, to be able to defend three. And so I think, you know, you just, you have to, you have to utilize some of that stuff. You know, I think the other team, thing that teams are doing well, I know, I know RD does it. If you got a, if you got a legit boundary corner, then, um, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll lock one and then we'll roll the safety down to play him outside the two and play the nickel inside the three, you know, and, and, and kind of play that look and, and roll the, you know, roll the backside safety to the post. And, and, uh, you know, I think you can do some good stuff like that where you can still zone it off, but you're covering down. But again, that puts a lot of pressure. You're putting that boundary corner on an Island and, You know that's the that's the back and forth. If you got a guy that can handle it and and he can get up and press guy and and and, you know you feel good about that, then that's I mean that's a that's a nightmare. But you know that's why for us like we we flip flop our X and Z. So you know a lot of guys just go left and right because they want to go fast. And I'm like, listen, I'll sacrifice seven or eight plays a game so that I can isolate my best receiver um, in you know away from trips because for that very reason I, I I want you to I want you to stay up late at night worrying about having to cover that guy one-on-one and, 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 uh, you know, cause if we, we've been blessed at Saguaro to usually have a pretty, pretty damn good guy out there. And, and, uh, you know, we want teams to to have to always worry about who, who, how do we help out our corner? You know, we can't play one-on-one on that guy. Cause if you can, if you can lock your boundary corner and, and take away a team's best receiver, then, then you can, you know, you can, you can play four over three to the field and, and, you know, usually be in pretty good shape.
0: Shit. Five over three. <laughs> Oh, get me the extra guy over for, there. For sure. we'll play two on two over here. For well, sure. that's, that's the one thing I've never understood about these. And I know tempo does a lot of things to a defense. I'm not saying you have to go slow to accommodate this or to accomplish this, rather. But I know guys that don't do that. And I'm always like, that is the number one mistake I think guys make is playing guys left and right in that sense. Now, if you got, you know, two good ones, you know, I watched Modern Day this year and. They had one guy going to Notre Dame and then the other guy is going to Harvard, but he was almost as impressive if not more at the high school level because they were on the left hash a lot. So he was the boundary X and you know, if you have a situation like that, it don't matter then sure. Then you know, it's, it's you're picking your poisons. but a lot of guys don't have two dudes of that caliber where they can just say, all right, screw it. We'll play left and right. Especially if you get a real tall guy that can win on the deep ball on those fade balls, that puts a lot of stress on the defense. But I think the biggest thing, if you go back over the last 15 years, really my, my football life is, I think the, the evolution, people talk about the spread and people talk about tempo and there's a lot of things that have been RPOs, a lot of things over the last 15 years that have come about that has really advanced offense. But I honestly believe all of that is important. But the number one thing is, thing that I've noticed is that coaches really have taken to heart the take what they give us. When I was coming out, they would say it, and the defensive coaches say, Well, we'll give them this hitch, we'll give them this play, we'll give them this. The no cover zone. Let him throw it underneath, or let him, you know, run here. But with the tempo mixed with, you know, being able to check with me at the line, offensive coaches have truly taken that to heart and they I notice less guys married to a certain run scheme. Like, yeah, you love inside zone, but you run the shitload of counter, you know? And I notice that yeah. like, guys do a little bit more of everything. And I think it's, I think offenses have become more homogenous, not because people are trying to copy each other, but everybody has tried to put a little bit of everything in their passing game. You know, like I'm sure in your passing game, you have, you have elements of the air area. I'm sure you have elements of the run and shoot. I'm sure you have option rounds somewhere. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got a little bit of everything. And so everybody's bringing their toolbox. And I think like 15 years ago, it was like, we run the West coast offense and we're going to run 21 personnel. And, you got to stop us. You got to stop us. And even this were like, all right. And it became a game of who's more patient. And now it, Oh, you want to give us the hitch every play. Perfect. We'll throw the hitch. I don't give a shit. Like I feel like offensive coordinators have become so much better At being like, I'm not married to a scheme, I'm married to winning, and if you're going to give us the hitch all night, I will gladly take the hitch all night, and I don't care if it's boring, I don't care if it doesn't look cool, like, screw it, efficiency, and that mindset, you know, I came from a league in Northern California that is very, I always joked around, it was like the American Revolution, everybody wanted to stand across from each other and we're all going to shoot at the same time, and who has the bigger bullets wins, and you go into a place like that and they, and they have that older mindset of defense. Like we're going to take this away and we're going to make them beat them like this. And you guys are like, okay. And you do it. And you know, and it's like, well, wait a minute, we got to turn this thing into a little bit more of a guessing game, a little bit more rock, paper, scissors that I'm throwing. I'm throwing this every play. And how dare you, you know what I mean? Like there's this idea. I think there used to be this idea of my, uh, my friend Chris Brown from spread football talked about it. The platonic idea of football is, Football had to be pretty, or it had to had to be done the right way, you know. And at the, at the end of the yeah. day, who gives a shit if you throw a stick if you throw a stick against me eighteen plays in a row and I don't defend it once? Who's who's the dumbass? Me, I'm the dumbass. You know what I mean? Like,
1: you guys yep. just do such no, a I'll, great I'll job at that. When, when I when I talk at clinics, I think that's one of the the, the biggest things that I that I hit on, and I think it's one of the things that I've had success with in my career because I. I thought from the other end where, where, you know, I wasn't that play call right away as I was learning high school football. And, and and I felt like, you know, the the offensive coordinator at the time was, was a really, really bright guy. But I felt like sometimes this play calling was more about showcasing all the things we could do and not doing what was working. Uh, And it was like, we have all these great concepts and all these great schemes. And the guy was, the guy was really, really smart, really bright, and really good on the whiteboard and things like that. but sometimes it's like, they haven't stopped inside zone one time and we've only called it three times. Like, what are we doing? Like just run inside zone until they stop it. And so I, I, you know, you get frustrated when you're not the one making the, making the calls. And so I think I just, I was like, man, if I ever get the chance to call the offenses here, I'm going to make defenses stop us. I'm going to make them take away our bread and butter. And so I I talk about that all the time. It's like, you gotta understand what your bread and butter is, what you're going to hang your hat on. And everything's built around what making the defense stop that and, and, and take those things away. And if they're not committing to do that, you got to keep doing it. And so, I mean, shoot, we played in the semifinals this year. We played Hamilton High School. They were the number 11 team in the country and had beat Bishop Gorman earlier in the year. We threw the ball eight times, you know, and I'm a, I'm a spread RPO and I'm, you know, I got courses on white cross and mesh and verticals and all stuff. We threw the ball eight times in the game and beat the number 11 team in the country because that's what they gave us. That's what was working. That's what, so I think you have to, you have to put your ego aside. And you said the key word, which to me is efficiency. Like we don't run, I, I can't remember the last time or if we've ever run 70 plays in a game. That's not a goal of mine. I'm, I don't care how many yards you have. You can have 700 yards and still lose the game. It's more about your yards per play and your points per play and, and your efficiency because, and I look at it and I think it's helped me as a play caller because I'm a head coach too. And so I'm responsible for the whole thing. And so, yeah, it's great if we can if we can rack up 650 yards of offense and score 50 points. But if our defense is on the field for 75 snaps, they're probably giving up a ton of points too. So we got to make sure that we're efficient, that we're doing the right thing, that we're attacking defenses. We're taking the things that they're giving us. We're putting a hat on a hat and running the ball if the, if the numbers dictate that. And, you know, I think you, if you approach it from that philosophy, I think, especially if you have a, if you have a, a, a dual threat, you know, athletic quarterback or, or a really good RPO guy, you know, the offense has the ability to play plus one all the time with the option game. And so the, 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 the offense really truly is, is at an advantage. Um when you when you just when you just put the pure numbers on paper and what, what what you can do with an option football team, um you just have to be willing to identify it and take it if they give it to you.
0: Well, and offenses have done such a great job as well at getting themselves out of bad plays. I mean, I, I liken it to formation adjustments on defense. You know, if we're gonna play uh, tight front quarters, well, if we think that verse three by one, that's better to check to bring the nickel and play three D. We'll do that. If you think it's better to slide the front, if it's to bring an interior plug or just cover down differently because of the formation, I feel like offensive play calling has become sort of like that. Like, okay, here's our concept. Here's our RPO. If they give us this look, we're going to do this. And if all else fails, like I know the first thing to do is look for the gift route. If, if all else fails, just throw the five or six yard snap out to the X receiver. If they're off and, and, it's almost like play designs have become have trumped play calling in the sense that you build in the instead of audibling like you used to where you would like give two plays and then you'd kill it to another play it's all built in it's built into one play right you're going to run your zone you're going to have your RPO you're going to have your gift you know and then you can add another layer by having them check it to the sideline um, you know, to give you even more, more increased freedom there and to get you out of bad plays and you guys, especially you do such a good job of building in the contingency plans. Hey, if we get this, let's get the hell out of this. Let's, you know, do this. And I think it's also changed it too. Cause before it was okay, you know, just like the cat and mouse game we talked about earlier with defenses. Okay. The safety's coming down in the box. Let's call a play action pass. You know, okay, now he's showing high. You know, if he would come down, you'd check it. If he, then then they started where they would come down on the snap and then you were screwed. And then it's like, well, okay, well, let's yep. read it. Let's read it post snap. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, you're just guaranteeing, yep. you know, it's almost defeating for defensive guys because they look at this and be like, okay, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. And then they're like, yeah, but have you accounted for this? And it's like, well, no, no, I haven't, you know? So, <laughs> It's, it's just such a good it's job. It's like the,
1: uh, the, the the chalk wars are the chalk wars are always hilarious because you know I, I don't know if you see watched any of those or been a part of any of those, but we've done them at Glacier before and then and then uh, and I did a couple on Twitter during quarantine and and uh, yeah, it's like whoever holds the pen last wins. You know, wins because you can never be wrong. Defense is never wrong. Offense is never wrong. Everybody's got their their uh, their adjustment, but yeah, that's it is. I, I think the defenses have done a great job catching up, and and then I think the is You know, the offense is always kind of like you know, not, not, Oh, I shouldn't say always. Cause there's some, there's some defensive guys out there that are, that are really, really good. And, and they're, and they're definitely one step ahead. But um I think offense by, by nature, you know, if you're doing it right, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of have the pen last. And then the defense catches up and go, Oh shoot. Wow. They're doing this. Now we have never seen that. Now what do we do to combat, you know, combat that. And yeah, it is, it's fun, but that's, I mean, I think that's why we do it right. It's, it's, you know, you're matching wits, um, you know, against somebody else. And that's why we like to play elite competition and take on those challenges. And, um, you know, you like, you want to, you want to, you that's, you want to measure yourself. That's why coaching football is, there, there's no other, there's no other sport that that you can coach that, that's, that's more challenging, more rewarding, um, more that anything goes into it as far as like, game planning and preparation and, and scheming and all that stuff. I mean, that's just, it, that's what makes it so fun. That's why, that's why I love it.
0: Absolutely correct on that. So let's talk about your coach tube courses. You got some things out there. Let's talk about some of the other pieces of your offense that you have, Courses on and even beyond now. Obviously, we've talked about zone and some of the RPOs. What are the other main facets of your offense?
1: Yeah, and you know, just just obviously, I, I preface this, man. I I I never never got into this to 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 sell uh, to sell courses or to you know to be that guy. I I consider myself a, a ball coach first and foremost, and um, really, quarantine was kind of like the that was a thing I, I had, uh, I had been, I had been contacted by the owner of coach tube a few years back. I was like, Oh man, you know, uh, you got, you got some good stuff. She put it on here. And I was like, nah, you know, I go to, I go to a glazier clinic and I give people, you know, I'll email my, my slides afterwards. And, uh, but you know, quarantine kind of forced you to, to think outside the box. And so I started putting some stuff on there and got really good positive feedback. And so it's, it's been fun. I've had, I've, you know, got 10 years worth of clinic material. So I just kind of slowly built it and, and, uh, got great feedback and kind of continued to build it out. But No, I mean, I think what you'll see on there is, you know, it's, it's, it's all offense. I've got a couple of program management things. know, I've got, I've got a course on like our, our 12 month year round kind of program and how we run our program. I've got, uh, I think a good course on, on how we install our offense, how we break it up and how we install it during, during spring and during summer. Uh, But for the most part, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's offensive uh, football, it's, it's concepts, and it's really broken down by concepts. And so, you know, run game, uh, inside zone, outside zone, power and counter. our primary, uh, primary run concepts and that's really we hang our hat on those and 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 really for us it's you know i use the term illusion of complexity but it's it's adding the window dressing using formations and motions um, and tags to take those base concepts and dress them up and present them differently um and so it looks like to the defense that you're doing a million things but really from a teaching standpoint you're hanging your hat on a small amount of concepts and i think that's that's really what we've been all about That's that's what we've had success with and I know that's what guys like from, from, from the courses is I, I really try to dive in on, on, uh, on how we do things, why we do things, um, what makes us adjust things, what, what we like to call it against. And, um, you know, really get into specific details with coaching points. Um, and, you know, I want a guy, if you, if you, you know, if you purchase you know, my Inside Zone course and, and you spend, you know, an hour watching it, you're going to walk away with the ability to install that and coach it and troubleshoot it and have coaching points and keywords and things that you can use. Um, to to make that part of your your offensive system, and uh, and so I, I I only put courses on stuff that I feel like I know how to teach really well, and I feel like I know how to teach other people how to teach well. So, um, you know, in pass game, uh, our, our vertical pass game, uh, you know, four verts, uh, wide cross, our smash concept and smash divide that we run, our curl our base curl flat concept, and some of the variations we have on that. Um, just did a new quick game course that's got our stick snag and spacing and a lot of the tags that we add onto that to have some man beaters built in in case we're getting man, um, our screen game, jailbreak screen, run action, tunnel screens. Um, you know, I mean, really coach it's, it's kind of like, and I've been building it out over the course of the last two years. It's, it's pretty much now a full, a full system. And, uh, and then I've got some, uh, I've got a huddle vault that's, that's got five years worth of game film broken down by concepts, um, to support those, those courses. So it's been really fun. I've, I've really had a good time, um, putting it together, building it, Um, and I've got, I've, I've had tremendous feedback from it. And, um, I, I connect with coaches all the time. I've tried to make myself available, um, where coaches can email me or text me or DM me on Twitter. And I answer questions because I think if you're going to, if you're going to purchase content, um, from a, from a high school football coach, then that should be the advantage. You know, there's, 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 you know, college and pro guys out there that have material out there. I think the difference for me is if you buy my course. When you have a question you can get a hold of me and i will and i'll and i'll return your email i'll return your call and and i and i told my wife when i first got into it that that was important to me is that if i'm going to do this then i need to make myself available and and uh, and i've tried really hard to do that and um it's it's been a lot of fun i've i've made some great friends um from from all around the country and in fact in, in around the world you know guys that 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 have have uh, purchased my courses from from France and Australia and Mexico and i mean it's it's pretty unique and i know i know you've had that experience firsthand too because i know I know your audience is uh, spans across the globe, and um, it really is. It, it's fun. It's 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 taken this game and and uh, and and really opened up um, a ton of doors, a ton of opportunities, a ton of friendships and relationships just by uh, kind of putting myself out there and and being willing to share.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about doing the show. And and doing the other one is some of the relationships that I've cultivated because of that. Whether it's You know, coaches in Norway or coaches in the NFL, there's, I've gotten DMs and messages from people that I would have no clue would have picked this stuff up or looked at it or whatever. And just, just insane. It's kind of crazy how the same thing with quarantine. You know, I came back home um, and I put a business plan together because I wanted to do something on the side and I was going to sub at my alma mater until I could. Get my teaching certificate, moved over to Florida, or qualified, or however, however it said, and then nine days later, COVID starts. I'm like, oh shit! And so, you know, I had already done a coach tube course. Basically, yeah. I just took McIlrasher presentations and like put them on steroids, legal steroids, yeah. of course. I would never promote that sort of thing, and then just went ahead and, and beefed them up and, and and put them out there. And I had just hundreds and hundreds of per- you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. I pick them up and it's just been it's been insane just how it's yeah. so much fun and it really, um, I mean, I, yeah go ahead
1: i was just saying i i i was at the point i i had i've got a i've got i had two kids in daycare now my my oldest is is uh almost six and she's in kindergarten now but i mean we had two kids in daycare and and uh you know on a high school on a high school teacher and coach's salary my wife works and i'm like i'm we're sitting there and we're like you know we live in Scottsdale, arizona it's a nice place to live we got a nice house and you know we have You know, we're not slumming it by any means, but I'm like, with two kids in daycare, I'm like, I need to, I need to like start delivering packages for Amazon or something. Like, I need, I need an extra source of income, and it was like, I mean, it it couldn't have been more than a month or two after that is when quarantine hit, and it kind of forced me into thinking outside the box and doing exactly what you said, and it was like, it was been such a blessing for me because it's allowed me to, to do what I'm good at, you know, which is, which is football and, and, uh, and, uh, and share it with people, and people are happy to do it, and it's funny because when I first started doing it, you know, I, I. I got a call. I got a couple of calls from, from people with, uh, with coaches. They're like, your stuff is too cheap. Like you're selling, it's you're, you're devaluing other people's stuff on here. Like you got you gotta raise your prices. Cause you know, I do not want to, I, you know, I never got into it to to make a ton of money. It was just, you know, I hope I can make an, a little bit to help, help pay for one of my kids daycare, you know, and that's kind of what it started from. So it is, it's neat. How some sometimes things like this fall in your lap. And, um, I was, I just was always cautious. And I always, anytime I talk to people, I'm like, you know, I just. I never want to come across as like a salesman. I, it's not what I'm about. I'll, I'll talk football with you. And if you never bought one of my courses, and um, I didn't come on here to promote, I came on here to talk ball, you know. Oh, no, that, that was his my doing. Myself, I would have been fine with that. I want yeah. to jump
0: in here yeah. very quickly and absolve Coach. This was my doing. I've wanted to have Coach on. <laughs> I checked out his courses and I wanted to give him a platform to talk about it because I do know that he has such a, a breadth of courses and they're super popular. This is in no means supposed to be a commercial, although might as well be instead of me reading and explaining and have you explain it. But this is definitely my thing. I, I have obviously feelings about this because I've, I've turned this sort of thing into a business. And my, my thing was, and I, I never wanted to be that guy either. And, um, you know, some people have told me, you know, the game is meant to be told, not sold. But my whole thing is like I have spent years and years and years and years of research thousands and thousands of dollars flying all over the country you know i can't go to motel six and be like you know i'm a football coach and the game's meant to be told not sold now can i have my hotel room for free i mean my (laughs) huddle you know all this stuff all the you know the equipment that costs to make all this stuff to make it look good you know what i mean and and just the thousands and thousands of dollars on travel costs and You know, a lot of that time, yeah, I had some help from some of the schools, but a lot of stuff was my own money and I was making nothing. And and so I'll talk to anybody about football, but if I'm going to spend eight and a half hours, you know, my, my wing T course is eight and a half hours. I mean, that's quite a lot of material, (laughs) you know, and I even, at the end, I just threw all the game film on there. I just said, here, here's the uncut. If you want to watch this again without me stopping and talking over it, here you go. You know, and, and, and. I think that I think instead of begrudging people, and that's why I love CoachTube. The one cool thing about CoachTube, and I think where people don't get pissed off about it, is back in the day there were gatekeepers. Right? You had, and I don't want to speak poorly about any company, in- spe- you know specifically because it was awesome, but you had people that owned companies. They would choose you, or you'd call and volunteer, and they would come and film you, and you only got a few percentage points on it, and. They, they were kind of like the chosen people. And it was kind of like this. Some people had the attitude of like, oh, these people think they're good enough to make courses when in fact, you know, these companies come to you, but now with coach tube, anybody can create a course, anybody, yep, you can create your own course. Yep. You don't have to, they don't have to give you a login or anybody can go produce anything. And, you know, we kind of let the marketplace decide what's good and what's not. that's why there's a rating system. That's why I always encourage people to rate my stuff because i want other people to see you know that it's it's good or bad you know indifferent whatever um you know i just think that football coaches we are we're made to work pennies on the dollar we're supposed to give all everything to the game and then if we want to do something extra we also have to give that away and i'm like you know what that's why my friends that sell stuff i don't i pay full price like I, because I just I, I believe we should all be in this together. And if somebody's going to take time, you know, to make something, like a buddy of mine did a a, a wide zone study, and I bought it for myself, and then I uh, I bought it for somebody else. I could easily send him the PDF. You know, I could easily take and cut ups and send it over without paying for it. But I was like, you know what, this guy, this guy's a graduate assistant. You know what I mean? Like they make, I yeah. live that life. They make nothing.
1: Well, the cool thing is, the cool thing isn't. That- in two years of being on it, like I honestly, you know, maybe, maybe they're saying stuff uh, behind the scenes, but I mean, I haven't had any, anybody like negatively come mean I, I get, I get thank yous all the time. I got like guys about purchasing stuff and then saying, thank you for doing this, you know? So um, it's, it's been really cool. And I, and I, I will tell you, that was my early on. That was my biggest holdup is I was like, man, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to feel, you know, people think that I think I'm this great, you know, guru or know-it-all or whatever, Absolutely. Um, but, but you know, <laughs> I get I've somewhere. had so many, I've had so much good feedback from when I've done clinics and, and, uh, had people encourage me to do this. And I, and I started with just one and I got such good feedback. So it was a, it was a really organic way that I got into it. And, and I'd never, I had no idea what to expect. Um, in fact, it kind of started from, from one of those companies reaching out to me, trying to, trying to buy my stuff and really trying to, trying to rip me off, um, to be honest with you. And, i talked to some people that I knew and trusted and they're like, no, that's, that's don't do that. I, not, I, I, that's bet not I, guess, I bet you. I can guess, I bet I can guess who
0: it is. We'll, we'll talk about that after the, uh, the deal. No, totally. I, yep. I totally understand where you're coming from. And I was really worried about that and having him. And even though we'd had some success, you know, having imposter syndrome, but that's why I go like crazy above and beyond, uh, with these courses with like stuff. Like I pack him with so much stuff. Like I, I'm like, nobody can get mad about this. And that's what's great yep. about Wade, though. Like, um, you know, the Wade of uh, the CEO of CoachTube. Like, if you likes if you watch something and you don't like it, he'll pretty much give you a refund. I mean, that's yeah, the he'll thing give you your is, money back. You will. I mean, I just I think it's such a great tool, and I know people are probably sitting there rolling their eyes, being like, "All right, how much did they pay you for this?" You're a shill. I, I promise <laughs> you, this was not. This is. I work with people that I like. For every ten of those emails I get, I I, I you know take one to heart because it's either people I don't necessarily believe in the product or just don't feel it's a right fit. Like I sought out coach tube. I sought out huddle because I wanted to work with these people and I, I saw what coach tube does. And and, and, and it's funny because, you know, it's one thing where people will say, okay, you know, if you're a defensive guy and you go all around the, the country and you study all these people, do you need my courses? Maybe not, maybe not, but I can tell you this, Jason, and all of a sudden I became a head coach tomorrow and I had to run an offense and I couldn't find an OC, you bet your sweet ass I'm jumping on those courses. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it takes so much. And and I and I know this like when I when I study other sports, like I've really gotten into basketball. It's like, who do you listen to? You know what I mean? There's so much information out there. Who do you listen to? You know, who who who's right, who's wrong? Because everybody's gonna have their own opinion, you know? And so that's what's great about them in the rating system. And then obviously, you know, you've had some ex- success, seven state titles in 10 years. I don't think anybody's going to question that. So, um, but uh, you know, I appreciate you being on and, and spending time with us and, and then now doing our, our uh, coach two commercial at the end,
1: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, Wade, Wade's got to give us a little kickback. We, we definitely pump and coach. Yeah. Hard, come nah. on. Well, real quick, <laughs> this is we're on the
0: topic. We're going to, we do a course of the week. The coach tube course of the week for me will be coaches. I mean, it's only appropriate his inside zone course. I will put it up in the show notes and also link it to Linktree linktree.com slash coach You click it there and you can purchase there. And then if the bottom uh, Jason's other courses will be on there as well. So check that out. Now, before I let Jason go, um, go ahead and plug, uh, now you, you have this huddle archive. Does that come with the courses? Is that a separate
1: thing? Yeah, it's a separate deal. I, I uh, put together um, guys five five years of, uh, of the last five years of game film, and it's, it's all broken down by concept. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a separate kind of supplemental deal. So you know, I, we've had guys that have gone in and, and uh, kind of bought the, bought my entire offensive uh, system, and uh, and that's kind of the next step. You're like, oh, you got all these courses, you watch them all, you learn it, you feel like you know it pretty well, and then it's okay. Now I'm going to dive in um, to the to the huddle vault, and it's really like every time I called, you know, that concept for the course of the season over the course of five years, um uh, broken down by, you know, by concept by season. And so, you know, it's a great way. And I say it's, it's the, it's the, the good, the bad and everything in between. So it's not, it's not a highlight uh, playlist. It's, you know, you're going to see times where we got our ass kicked and, and you're going to be see, see times that we, that, you know, we had a lot of success. And, um, so, you know, when you, when you put a, a clinic, you know, tape together, I try to show more film than most, but you're still limited. You know, that you, you can't, you, your content can't be too long. It's, it, it usually fits into the time frame of like a normal, you know, hour long glazier type, you know, clinic. So the co- courses follow that same format. So it's a, it's a, it's a way to take a deeper dive into, into watching film and just diving in. So um, I don't, I don't really pump it and promote it a ton. It's really more reserved for guys that are, that are, you know, are, are in my system and, and have purchased multiple courses or, or purchase a complete package. But yeah I call it the, call it the huddle vault and and uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool deal and i've got got a lot of other stuff on there too film that I've accumulated, stuff that I've studied um, that I share on there as well.
0: So for guys that are interested, have maybe purchased some of your courses, didn't know that this was available to them, how do they go about getting on your huddle Vault?
1: Yeah, it's actually there is a course um, on my CoachTube. So if you go if you go to you know, coachtube. dot com slash users slash coach I've got all my courses on there, and the, and the Huddle Vault is actually it's a course on there. Um, and then uh, and then I get you get you added on Huddle, and uh, the Jason Mon's football Huddle page will will uh, populate on your Huddle account, so you'll see it on there, and you can click in there and and go through all the film.
0: Great stuff. And what's your Twitter handle, Coach? I want to make sure you get all your contact before I ask you the last question.
1: Yeah, I've got um, my 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 kind of personal one is uh, is at Coach Mons and uh, you know do some stuff on there and a lot of stuff with with my program and then um, I've got uh, the 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 Jason the the Jason Mons offensive system is at uh, JMO underscore system JMO underscore system and and uh, and I've got uh, I've actually got uh, one of my uh, one of my uh, great friends uh, helps me run that and and he does some awesome he, he takes my courses. And it, it cuts out like little, like minute and a half to two minute little mini clinics, really good stuff. Like you can, you can go onto that, um, JMO underscore system, um, Twitter page. And like, you can learn stuff on there. So I, that's what I told him. That was something that was important to me is that, you know, you could go there and, and get good stuff and not have to ever pay a dollar. So, um, I definitely encourage people to check that. There's more content on that one. Uh, but those are, those are my two Twitters and, uh, yeah. I love interacting with, uh, with coaches and answering questions and, and uh, especially this time of year. I mean, that's the one thing for me is like, you know, from, uh, from August through December, um, not going to be quite as active, but, uh, you know, from January, uh, through the end of July, I, I try to be out, you know, be out and about do clinics. I was in, uh, Syracuse, New York last week speaking. I'll be in South Carolina next weekend. Um, uh, I love to love to get out and get around and talk ball. So definitely encourage coaches to jump on there and And, uh, and ask me questions and interact and, and and hopefully I can connect with some guys I can learn from too. Cause I, I think that's the, that's the thing. And I know you're committed to that as well as, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also setting up the places I'm going to, to, to continue to learn and grow. And, um, cause I know I I've got a long way to go or just, just scratching the surface of where I want to be as a coach.
0: Awesome stuff, coach. All right. So here's the championship question. I asked this to all first time guests at the end of the show to see what they would do. So you're down by two about the 35 yard line. It's fourth and nine. You got to get a first down to get your kicker in range. You feel pretty good about him with inside of 45, but 52 is just a little too rich for your blood. So You got to get that first down. You got about 12 seconds left in one timeout. So you're going to try to get that first down, call the timeout, get your kicker on the field, win the state championship. All things equal. You're playing team are you used to playing? You could even use a specific team in your head. You don't have to say it in case you ever really get into the situation. But what's going to be your go to call to get to those sticks to get that field goal kicker on? And the reason I say that is, you know, it's not a Hail Mary situation because I don't, that'd be an easy answer, right? Chuck Hail Mary. Yeah. So what's <laughs> how, what are you doing on to get that first down?
1: Man, that's a—it's you know, God, that's that's such a, a an opening question because there's so many things that could go into that, you know, with oh, with yeah. uh, you know, b- ball and a hash coverage, you know, what what we're getting front wise. But I purposely man, leave I it
0: just, vague just to see how what guys <laughs> go to and how they're how they think.
1: I think you want to. I think you want to give yourself like a, like a like I, I call it like a pure progression. Like you want to give yourself more than one option because you know like we have a really good dagger concept, um, and we and we run that that you know that outside. Um, kind of deep dig route of that dagger from the one and and kind of run some clear outs. And I, you know, if we get into third and real long um, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of a go-to where we can, we can take a shot, try to hit that thing over the middle. But, you know, I think if you're third and nine, you've got a little bit more options. You know, I, I think of something that's got like a, kind of a, a curl flat. Sorry, coach, um, fourth and you know, nine. Y- I
0: screwed up. I, I screwed up earlier. So it's, it's fourth and nine. Fourth and nine. You got to get the nine. first. So, yeah. No, I,
1: we, we got to get it. So, you know, I'm thinking right off the top of my head. Of, I'm kind of thinking like a three by one setting our trips to the field. I I, I love uh, that three by one white cross concept. Um, but on a on a on a fourth and nine, rather than rather than running the the shallow um, or having a flat, I, we we run we call it a, a bait tag um, to the field. So, you know, running keeping our our back and and running a little check release six man protection. Um, so if we get pressure, we're, we've got our back in. Single receiver to the boundary is going to run, uh, run a takeoff and, and try to clear out. Run the wide cross and uh, and look for grass. And uh, and then the, the number two receiver uh, to the field is going to run like a little grab route and and just kind of work like a little pivot off of the, the curl flat player, try to pull them out. And we're going to run a sin route, a speed in route from the field. And uh, and just let our quarterback kind of work. If we get one-on-one with our X, with our best receiver to the boundary, uh, we, can, we got to be able to, to, to let our nuts hang and take a shot. Um, you know, if they, if they work over the top of that or play soft on that, then we can just natural progress from the cross, um, to that sin route and, and try to kind of have that route breaking in that way. If we get a man coverage that, that speed in route would be our man beater that, that we could get to. So kind of got a, you got a kind of natural built-in progression, um, you know, shot to your number one, you've got the crosser, the, the Y cross breaking back into the quarterback space, um, looking for windows in the zone. And if you get man, um, you don't like your vertical shot, you can you can work that sin route from the field, working back into the quarterback's vision. So that's a good that's a good third or third or fourth and nine play call that we like. Um, and again, a lot of a lot of variables that could change that, but uh, but yeah, I think that's that's been a go to um, kind of down the distance call for us in the past. How deep is that speed in route? We run it from eight to ten, so um, we kind of try to inside release, push vertical, restack, and then snap that thing off. Uh, we roll from eight to ten yards and and kind of stay on the run. So we're not we're not looking to settle in zones. We're we're looking to stay on the run. Um, so again, it's you got you kind of looking cross um, to sin uh, as you work as you work off that that takeoff route.
0: And are you uh, a mostly half slide team? What's your what's your base pass protection?
1: Yeah, we're a half slide team. That's everything's based off of that half slide principle.
0: Do you have any courses on pass pro?
1: <laughs> i feel like i feel like uh it was just shameless plug the whole time but actually the next course that's coming out is my pass pro manual I, i've been working on it for about a month and a half and it's uh, really in depth and it, it goes through our all of our all of our different protections that we get into so starting with half slide um six man protection our rip liz check uh, pressure check off of that um our five man half slide principles seven man full slide um and then, uh, and then our, uh, our play action stuff off of our inside zone action, um, and split zone action. And then, uh, and then our naked and our sprint stuff. So, uh, that's probably, probably the most in-depth, in-depth course that I've done, uh, to date, And I've had a lot of people asking for, for that. And it's kind of the last thing I got all the concept stuff up first and it's like, okay, now we gotta, now we gotta give them the stuff that, that you can, you can call your protections to, to add to these concepts. So yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by the end of the week, actually, I, I can get that one, recorded and, and going if anything, by, uh, by, by middle of next week at the latest. So I'm excited about that one. I, I've uh, I've been working hard on that one for, uh, like I said, for about five or six weeks.
0: Football coaches are so funny because you, you like kind of feel, I can hear it in your voice. Well, and you, you explicitly said it, and I feel bad for feel like I'm doing a shameless plug. Like any other podcast with any sort of remote famous people, they only go on when they have stuff to plug. Like you've given us an hour and a half of your time. When you could be doing plenty other stuff, like the least I can do is give you some plugs. I mean, Chad, uh, that's how the industry runs, it. of course.
1: <laughs> well, I just and I know you said it too, but yeah, when you asked me to come on, I did. I didn't mention anything about. It. I, I'm happy, like I said, I'm happy to just talk ball. But yeah, no, it's funny you asked me that because that is that's that's one I've been working hard on, and I'm I'm excited about. It. I'm proud of it. I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it's going to be helpful. Um, and I got a ton of ton of cut ups and end zone cut ups and all that stuff on there. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. I'm actually. It's like. You know the cool thing about this too, and is that I don't want to talk to you out because we've been on the phone for, for no. Now, please, but, this know, is the like shortest podcast I've done these,
0: in a long time. So,
1: building please. building these courses is such a great teaching tool for our program too, and for my coaches. Like, if you know, anytime I hire a new coach or a young coach, the first thing I do is 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 you know, send them to my coach tube courses. I'm like, just start watching this stuff. Like, I I, I couldn't I couldn't teach you any better if we sit down on a whiteboard, you know, because it's all right there. The the you know the play cards, the cut ups, the you know the real detailed um, instruction. So it's been a huge tool for me just to have in, in, in teaching and working with my kids and my coaches on, on teaching them, you know, the system. So um, I know I was actually just showing my O-line coach, the, the pass pro manual two days ago, when we, we had a little sit down kind of off season meeting talking about some of our off season training with the O-line and we kind of went through it and he's like, Oh man, I'm fired. This is great. I'm fired up for this. So, um, so yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's like a double whammy. It, it helps, helps me, helps my coaches, it helps me get better. Cause anytime you sit down and you map it out and you put it on paper and you talk about it, just, helps you understand your stuff better and and how you like to coach it and teach it and um yeah it's it's uh but yeah that that one that one should be pretty good i'm excited for that one
0: i am too i'm gonna pick that up all right coach thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it kicking off season two of the run vast option podcast really 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 love hearing from you and thank you so much for your time
1: yeah coach thank you again for having me on appreciate it
0: Thank you to Jason Mons for coming on the show. I'm so excited to be back after a eight, no, yeah, eight-month hiatus. I promise we won't go away for that long, and we will have episodes very soon. Follow me on Twitter, at CoachVas, the show's account, at RunVasOption, the other show, at MDGA Podcast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. Use the code VAS. They'll match your money up to $100 bucks on your first deposit. With only a minimum deposit of 10 bucks, you get a free CoachTube course, you help the show, and you get to play some awesome fantasy sports modes. Check out Patreon, patreon.com/slash coachvas, youtube.com slash coachvas football. And if you forget all that stuff, linktree.com slash coachvas will take you to my website and my coach dube courses and all the stuff I've already mentioned. Thanks again for listening, and remember Whether you love four verts or you're more of a three yards in a cloud of dust guy, we got you covered.